This bread tastes stale, man. Hey, can I, it's Arby's, man. Six <laughs> out of ten, baby. Six out of ten. It's sitting out all day. It's nine oh, yeah. thirty when you, you ordered you, it, man. You definitely got like the ha- the heat lamp stuff, man, for sure. Yeah, they're like, should we give this to the bums? And they're like, no way, the car's pulling up. Yeah. Let's give it to this guy. <laughs> He'll give us money for this. <laughs> what did you get, Melvin? What did you get? The beef and cheddar? A beef and cheddar, but it's like the bread is so tough, man. <laughs> he just crunchy. went through. Can I get a couple stale buns, please? I'll just make my myself. Probably like $18 right there. And they charge a fucking lot of money. It was like a fifteen dollar meal, man. Yeah, inflation, yeah. man. You got to pay for that yeah. shit, Melvin. You ain't getting it for free, bro. I could have went to Taco Bell and ate like a king. Yeah, <laughs> Taco you Bell. Probably. You you don't get this unless you get like the cheapest shit on the menu. I mean, a cheesy gordita crunch is pushing five bucks these days. That's crazy, mm. dude. Everything went up, man. Yeah, yeah. And you got to go with that cheesy gordita crunch. You're not human if you don't get that, man. Oh, yeah. It's a You're must. not human. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some fucking animal. <laughs> just drooling and like yeah. <laughs> yelling. Fucking ah. zombie getting regular tacos. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Remember right. when they were like 69, 79, 89? Remember that? Like that commercial? I do. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was, I mean, that was a long time 59, ago. 59, yeah. 79, 99. That mm. was a golden age, man. Crazy. Yeah, 50, you go there now. What's fifty nine cents? They just spit in your face. Here you go. You owe me fifty nine cents. Get some fire sauce. Here's fifty nine cents worth. All right. Three, two, one. Beat of the month. Beat of the month. Gotta have me my beat of the month. Beat of the month. Beat of the month. Gotta have me my beat of the month. The Game Boy, the Xbox, the PlayStation 4. Gotta press pause because your mom's at my door. Beat of the month. Beat of the month. Gotta have me my beat of the month. We game all month, give out points and sorts. Better look out, it's another Switch port. Beat of the month. Beat of the month. Gotta have me my beat of the month. Beat of the month. Beat of the month. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Beat of the Month podcast. This is episode 102, and we are taking a look at the Zelda franchise. So Tears of the Kingdom just came out. We'll be talking a bit about that. Try and keep it relatively spoiler-ish light. Uh, And then we're going to talk about other Zelda-related things. Uh, Tonight, I am joined with Spiral. Yo, yo. Bash. Darkseid. What's going on? Muff. What? Melbro. Arby's fucked up. And Emil. Hello. And my name is Brian. So if you're new to the podcast, what we do is we take a theme every month and we play games related to that theme. Sometimes that is a genre of game like an RPG or first person shooter. Sometimes it's an aspect of the game, such as games featuring, you know, a dad role or people with mustaches. For this theme, we are doing Zelda. So it's all about Zelda. Maybe some people try and sneak in some other bullshit, but we'll see how it goes. (laughs) To start things off, normally we do trivia last, but I wanted to lead off with trivia just because sometimes during these episodes, the trivia answers get revealed. So, uh, and this may, you know, get people thinking about some of the different Zelda games. So let's get into some Zelda trivia. Question one, what was the last Zelda game that Shigeru Miyamoto directed? Twilight Princess. What, what did you say, Darkseid? The first one? That is correct. That is correct. Oh, he only directed wow. the very first game. I always That's messed up, man. I always thought he directed Ocarina of Time, but he did not. He did not. 
I think I he like say at least Max. touched like every single series, but he probably didn't have a lot to do with like many games. Yeah, like most of Nintendo characters, he's just a mascot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. What is the name of the updated version of Ocarina of Time that was released on the GameCube? It's like, uh, was it the Master Collection or yeah. something? Close. Master Quest? Yes, Master yeah. Quest. Yeah, I, I think it was. Did you ever play that, Bash? I think uh, I did have it, but I can't remember. It might have got stolen by my neighbor or something. I can't remember exactly what happened to that one. I think I still got it. It was a, uh, dang it, hang on. I got to get some for Irma. <laughs> I hear a clicking sound. You guys hear that? Yeah. Oh, no, all good. It's Muff's penis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> click, 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 click. It's got a beak, so it starts <laughs> clapping. <laughs> it's like this kind of, right? It's like. <laughs> like <laughs> it clicks. It clicks up, Muff. <laughs> It's like one of those old school things that you would hold cameras, you know, like the tripod, yeah. click, 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 just wrap it around things. You gotta keep All right. Muff's, Muff's silence is acceptance. Muff is um, pissed. Yeah, so that Master Quest, from what I know, that was like kind of an arranged mode where they just move some items or change some puzzles or something like that. I don't think it was that drastically different of a game. From yeah, it's, I it was like hard mode. I played it once. So it's fun, but yeah. I think it was like a, graphics, you had, probably more better graphics, right? I think it was probably just identical graphics. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Because it was originally planned for uh, the N64 DD, that was it? No, yeah. add-on system that never happened. So then they just put it on the GameCube as that, that compilation. Yeah. All right, next one. What system infamously had three very poorly received Zelda games released that were not developed by Nintendo? CDI. Uh, CDI, yeah. That is correct, yeah. Can you guys name the three games? No. <laughs> so Faces of Evil? Yes. Wand of Gamelon? Yes. It was like Zelda's something, I don't remember. Zelda's <laughs> Quest or something? Zelda's Adventure, yes. <laughs> those are the three, yeah. yeah. They are very pricey now. I looked up the prices. They are very expensive to get what, hold of now. What was the CDI? Yeah, so what was it? The Philips CDI, was, Philips was going to partner with Nintendo to make their, the, the after the Super Nintendo, to make a disc-based system. I mean, Nintendo did the same thing with Sony, too. They had these partnerships that fizzled out, but they did one with Philips, and part of the deal was that Philips was going to have some games, like Mario and Zelda games, released for the system. Nintendo backed out, but they couldn't back out of the deal that they were going to have those games released. So Nintendo didn't make them, but they released three Zelda games and one Mario game on the Philips CDI that were like really, really shitty. <laughs> what was the, what was the Mario game? Some puzzle game called hotel Mario that I don't know much about it. I think that one might be kind of decent, but yeah, the, the Zelda games are all supposed to be just awful. Do you, own you should look up videos. Them, the, the, no, I don't own any oh, of okay. them. No, I, I wish I would have bought them as a novelty back, you know, 10 years ago. Cause they would have been way cheaper. All right. 
Next one. How many Korok seeds are in Breath of the Wild? <laughs> 201. More. Hmm. 250. More. Is it 700? What a waste of fucking was it like time. Nine? No, it was like 800, right? Spiral got it. 900 Korok oh, seeds. Jesus dang. fucking Christ. In Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I knew Why? it was Why? How many are in Tears of the Kingdom? A thousand. Fuck. Yeah. Better get that, hunting. I saw that one Korok. On there, Better huh? get hunting. Play, I was playing Tears of the Kingdom. I got to the first Korok seed. I'm like, oh my fucking God. No. <laughs> ridiculous all right next you you guys don't find find the korok seed hunting fun it might be fun if it wasn't the same fucking thing over and over again i'm like, not gonna 100 percent them but if they come up i'm like hey a little puzzle why not fuck it that's my view yeah. on it so. yeah couldn't that's how like i take something it too. other than a korok seed couldn't it be like i don't know a ding dang seed you know or a d's nuts or something like that something other than the same thing over and over again yeah, and when you get them all, you get a you get a piece of poo, right? I don't know what it, I assume it's the same thing in Tears of the Kingdom. I I know it's the same setup to where like when you're increasing your your weapon holding capability, like you don't need to find them all. Like you can max out by finding less than half of all the Korok seeds. So I I doubt that they would add some greater incentive for getting them all because that's not really the point. The point is that they hide so many of them all over the place that. You know, you don't have to go crazy looking for them, and you'll probably get all that you yeah, need. Yeah, they're hidden, right? It's not like a puzzle to unlock them, right? They're hidden. It, right? it depends. Um, okay, sometimes, it sometimes it's a puzzle where, like, you know, there's maybe two block formations, and you need to move a like one of the blocks that's out of place into place. Um, but sometimes it's yeah, like you just go to like the top of a mountain peak, and there'll be a rock up there, and then you pick up the rock, and you get a Korok seed. Or sometimes okay. there'll be like a little target practice, like mini game, and things like that. Yeah, I found one uh, at in the top of a tree. A tree was hollow, and the yep. top of it was a bunch of leaves. So I lit yep. it on fire, and then one popped out. Yeah, it, which those is like kind of annoying because then it's like, oh, do do I need to check every single tree in the entire game? <laughs> right, which exactly. I Normally, you can tell like when something sticks out a little bit more. Like this tree is all alone, or this tree is bigger than all the rest. Like some kind of hint. But I I pick up so many damn rocks, thinking like, I wonder if a Korok's under this rock. Was there something in Breath of the Wild if you got all the seeds that was there something you got or no? Yeah, Melvin mentioned it. You get a piece of poop. Is what you get that does oh. nothing. Yeah, if you Gold, get them all, oh my you just God. Get, yeah, because they didn't really want to incentivize getting them all. Because I think if there was something like really awesome, like hey, you get this new like you know move set for finding them all, people would not like that because it'd be hiding something behind a really difficult task. So I, I mean, I, I think it's a good way that they did it. I'd be pissed. All right, next one. What game was Tingle introduced in? Majora's was it Wind Waker? That's correct. Maj- Majora's Mask. Yeah, oh, Bash Majora's is correct. Mask. Dang, Bash. All right. What company developed The Legend of Zelda, The Minish Cap? Capcom. It is correct. It is correct. Anybody play that? Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was good from what I played. I only put a couple hours into it. All right. Next one. What peripheral was required to play Skyward Sword on the Wii? A Wiimote. Or the Wiimote Plus. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Wii Motion Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Was required. Or yeah, it was probably just called the Wiimote Plus if it had Wii Motion Plus built into it. So yeah, that's right. 
That was some gimmicky bullshit, huh? <laughs> Sky Resort did... was fun. Was it? The Wii Motion Plus Switch. actually worked too. So. Yeah. So you have to like swing the whole time and fight. I mean, a lot of the puzzles or and the the battle, like the combat, was all focused around doing that. So it didn't seem trivial. Like Twilight Princess for the Wii, they replaced a button push with a waggle of the remote. That did feel tacked on. But Skyward Sword, it was integrated to where it felt good. All right, next one. What two Zelda games got HD remakes for the Wii U? Um, the the one you're on the boats. What's that one? Wind Waker. Wind yep. Waker. Yep. HD. Did Twilight Princess get a remake? Twilight Princess. That is correct. Yep. You oh. guys got it. Yeah, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. Which you would think those have got to come to Switch at some point, but um, haven't yet. I want to play Wind Waker. That looks like a fun one. All right, next one. What two Zelda games got 3D remakes for the 3DS? Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask? That is correct. That is correct. Dark Souls is a Zelda guy, huh? He, I knew he, I knew he was always at heart. He, he likes to give me a hard time, but I, I know got the master sword and that shield in his room. You gotta like Zelda, man. <laughs> Sleeping with it at night. All right, last one. Zelda has had three multiplayer focused games. Can you name two of them? Four Swords Adventure. Yes. What's the one that Brian always tries to get us to play? Well, we're never going to play it. <laughs> That's it. Well, there's two of them. There's two Was of there them. I want. Age of Seasons or something like that. Or. No, that's single player. Oh, single player. Okay. Hyrule, the Warriors of Hyrule. Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. No, that as far as I know, that's single player too. Yeah, that's the. Uh, uh, is it uh, Minish Cap? Was that? No, Minish Cap was single player. Oh, it's a, a DS or a 3DS game. It is 3DS game. Uh, I'm trying to remember the title. Four Swords Adventure. Did we already say that? We already yeah. said that one. It's like a variation on that, like. That is correct too. Yeah, it's not Hyrule Warriors. Nope. You guys give up? Yep. So Bash, you you were right. There's four swords adventures, but then there's another one just called Four Swords, which was combined with the Game Boy Advance port of A Link to the Past, and that you you could like chain up your Game Boy Advances and play. And then they also re-released that like an anniversary edition that had a single player mode for the ds and then a very short window for the 3ds it was only available for like three days for download and then uh triforce heroes was the one on the 3ds that's right um (laughs) all right i I forgot to go over this at the front let's talk a bit about our experience with the zelda franchise like um, not necessarily just getting into like your favorites at this point of the podcast, but like, what was your first one? Um, have you played most of them? Have you played a few of them or, you know, just general thoughts on the franchise and experience? Well, who played the uh, OG legend of Zelda when it was out 30 years ago? I did. I had it when I was a kid and loved it. I've been playing it ever since. I did as well. What a great game. Mm. Just, How did you guys uh, get introduced to that game? Were you just like saw it in the store and just took a chance on it or word of mouth? Uh, for me, my parents just bought it for us and was like, this is yours. You'll probably like it. And they were they were right. 
It was so long ago for me, but I feel like even in those days, there's a bit of hype around it. I don't know if it was like Nintendo Power or advertising or in comics or what, but like I felt like this game was going to be good and it was anticipated. And uh, yeah, it didn't, it wasn't a letdown at all. It was really great playing it for the first time. I'm trying to think of the timeline of what, because I know the cover of Nintendo Power, the first issue, was Super Mario Brothers 2. But I'm pretty sure that one of the early issues of Nintendo Power did have a full fold-out map of Legend of Zelda, I think. So, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that that could be right, that it was like hyped up in Nintendo Power. But man, yeah, that game was great. To see adventuring, like I feel like that was the first like real adventure game I ever played. Um, like finding the secrets I thought was so cool. Like when that little tone comes up, when you like place a bomb in front of a cave and opens a door up or you, fu- you solve a puzzle and that tone comes up. It's like, I want to do more of that just to hear that. You know, it was yeah. so cool. It gave me goosebumps when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, just playing. It was like, no, it was almost like um, just a huge like shift as far as gaming for me because it was the first game I ever played that had that type of style to it. It's almost like playing the first Super Mario Brothers where I'd never played a platform before. And this game was like, the introduction to like adventure with RPG elements with like getting more hearts and uh, filling up your, your getting more heart containers and, and discovering secrets. Yeah. It was a really great game. And that overworld theme is a killer, killer song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as a kid, um, like finding the secrets, I became obsessed with it. You know, like once you figured out that like bombs can blow holes into shit, I was trying to blow holes in everything. <laughs> you know, here. Just like dropping bombs everywhere. Like, will it work here? Will it work here? And then finding out that you could like burn bushes and then go downstairs. I'd be like, shit, I'm going to burn every motherfucking thing. <laughs> and, like, I probably blew up every wall and every and burned every bush in that game multiple times. Hey, dumb question. Could you save in that game or did you have to beat it all in one go? No, you could save. I, I believe it was the first game to offer a save. For the okay. NES, I think. I think and how long you... is that game? Probably. Uh, I mean, Dark Souls, you just played it. What, what would you say? Like eight hours on a yeah. first playthrough or something? You could do it in eight hours. I mean, if you've played it before, you could probably blow through it quicker than that. I mean, some of the the early dungeons are, you know, you can go through them pretty quickly. Some of the later dungeons get pretty damn hard, though. I didn't play this game when it first came out. I... Don't remember ever playing it for when I had a Nintendo as a kid. So it was not until considerably later when I played it for the first time. I don't even, it might have been on the Wii Virtual Console when I played it for the first time. Wow. Yeah, like all the way through. I I can't remember exactly when I played it, but it was considerably late. It's like the 2010s, right? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. The Wii, when did the Wii come out? Like 2005? 2007 seven okay yeah yeah so but yeah it was it was i i don't know that i had played the first legend of zelda before that because i don't know what i would have played it on because i mean it was on the gamecube compilation but i don't think i played it on that that i remember at least not the whole game man i thought brian was a nintendo guy i was a genesis kid mostly i mean i had a nintendo when I was growing up, but then I was big onto Genesis and it was really the death of the Dreamcast that brought me back to Nintendo. Did uh, the original NES, was the original, original NES cartridge gold? It was, yeah. Okay. So 
did that do you guys remember that gold cart did that maybe yep. impact the yeah, uh the purchase so. decision because everybody yeah. in school would be talking about that one yeah it's kind of silly to look back on it now like oh it's a, it's a gold cartridge it's a different color so it must be special but, that really got I me mean, it worked. the n64 one yeah that gold cartridge i'm like oh shit i gotta play this <laughs> ocarina of time the the rest of you guys, what was your uh, your first Zelda experience then? If it was not the the original one, I played the first one at a friend's house at some point. But actually, the first one I beat was Ocarina of Time, and then I started working through them kind of backwards. the The first one I played was uh, Link to the Past. It was in junior high, and I remember like for some reason I didn't know like Nintendo Power or any of those magazines, you know. And but I knew a kid at school who played it and he was beaten and I was like, dude, I don't know what to do on like certain parts. And he would like tell me like on the bus, like on the way to school. And then like we talk about it at school and like then if I couldn't figure something out, then the next day I'd have to ask him again and he'd like tell me more. So it was kind of kind of cool to figure that one out. But I didn't beat that one um, right away. I think I beat that one. I want to say like three or maybe three years ago or four years ago. That recently, huh? Yeah, it was the first time I, on the Switch. Yeah. I beat it on the Switch. And then um, the first one I beat was Ocarina of Time, too. So that was the first one I beat, like Zelda series. First one for me was Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. I was on a bus trip, and somebody else had a Game Boy. I didn't have a Game Boy at the time, but somebody else had a Game Boy, and they let me play it. And it was a long bus trip. And I played it for like two hours straight. And I was like, man, this is an incredible Game Boy game. I didn't realize it was like, it's probably the best Game Boy game. Um, but then I was like, damn, I really got to get this. And the Game Boy Color had just came out. So then my parents, I think th- that Christmas got me Game Boy Color and then the Game Boy Color version of Link's Awakening. And yeah, that's the first one that I ever played and beat. Was that, did that come out before Ocarina of Time? I think ocarina of time came out what 98 and i'm guessing this would have came out right before that okay yeah link's awakening came out 1993 on the game boy and then 1998 on game boy color got it yeah yeah so i mean i i definitely played it before ocarina of time because i played ocarina of time when i bash when i borrowed your n64 when we swapped systems and then i made it through uh to the water temple which is infamously difficult and i did not beat it and then we swapped back wait a minute swap systems tell me that story oh me and bash used to uh he would give me his n64 and i'd give him my playstation we'd swap all the games and keep them for like a week or two (laughs) you guys are crazy i (laughs) I didn't swap shit with anyone i swapped i swapped i used to i swapped with mark like we swapped we had the 64 and then he had the playstation and we swapped and i played like soul Calibur and stuff like that i think that was that was kind of like the thing it. to do, I think, because we didn't. Yeah, have was a common thing. You know, you swap. Yeah. And I was the one with cartridges, and he was the one with like the like fragile like CD cases. So he was taking the risks. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Darkside wouldn't swap anything. He'd probably like freaking kill someone if they touched the system. Yeah, you guys can come over and play under my supervision and leave. <laughs> Darkside, have you ever let someone borrow a game before? A game, yes. Yeah, not a system. No. Fucking huh? That I that just blasphemy. Maybe I mean I'll give it a try. Don't don't get me wrong, but I have never done it.
All right, let's get a bit into Tears of the Kingdom. So Tears of the Kingdom, the hot new Zelda game that just came out. Uh, the majority of us own it. We have played it to varying degrees. Um, so just real quick, um, curious on your guys' experience with Breath of the Wild, just because Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild are so closely linked. So for Breath of the Wild... No pun intended. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> how much time did you put into it? Um, how long ago did you play it? So me, I put in, it, it was like 200 hours into Breath of the Wild. And I, I played it right at launch. So right when it came out on the Switch's launch um, is when I put my time into that game. Yeah, I put 175 hours into it. Um, played it right at launch too. Um, yeah. I think I played Breath of the Wild for about 90 hours. Um, I think I did most of the main line stuff. I didn't do a lot of the side quests of Korok Seeds. I think that, you know, like anything over 100 hours is almost too much for me. At that point, I'm just going to like mainline it. But, you know, great game. Had a good time with it. I think I only put like 40 hours or something into it and got my fill. Did I you did beat, beat it? it? Yeah, I did beat it. Eventually, I got to a point where I'm like, I have like 20 full heals in my inventory. I should probably go beat the final boss. And then I yeah, you could go to first try. I beat early him. on, right? So, did you do all the divine beasts or no? Yeah, I think I put about 110 into it, and I did also all the DLC, the Master Sword Trials, and wasn't there one more? Or no, I can't remember. Ballad of the Champions, I think, was the, oh, yeah, the story based DLC. Yep. So I did. I did that too. I uh, I put very little time into it. I didn't. Even, I've never even opened my copy. I played uh, my brother's copy on his Switch, maybe an hour, and then one of my nieces. I played a little bit of hers, just messing around. So maybe a couple about, hours tops. The thing about that game too, it was such a breath of fresh air when we first like played Breath of the Wild. Like you could just. I never played a game at that point where I can just go anywhere. Like we played a lot of open games like GTA, but they really like took that and said, okay, fuck it. You can climb up any mountain, anything you can see, you can any you can go there. Like any mountain, any road, any temple, just like everywhere you could go. And I think that was just like something I had never experienced before in a game. And I think that was a bit why it was so uh, captivating to me. And I think too to add that, like it was a launch title too. So you got this new system. You're you're just kind of inherently excited to play that new system. And then you get Zelda on top of it and it's pretty damn amazing like yeah, yeah it was uh even and we'll get into this you know the similarities between tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild and you know tears of the kingdom is pretty much adding on to it but it's tough to beat that initial feeling yeah. that breath of the wild gave muff uh, like so i know you always tell the story about like you running around naked in breath of the wild so you bought the game you His played it right was also naked <laughs> very true how how long did you play muff like the game and what like what turned you off from it i don't know if it keeps track of the time but i, I put a honestly quite a bit of time in at first because we were all playing it and uh it just sucked having to stand on top of a cliff dropping on fucking bombs all fucking fuck and <laughs> Man, just fuck. This it every time you say, I, I still get surprised. It just seems like such a muff game. Like, cause muff, you you take these big meaty games, and sometimes 
you, you really take big, get into meaty games. <laughs> <laughs> meaty. But you, you, you put a ton of time into like Final Fantasy XI and then like Dragon Quest, you get into that. I just would have expected Breath of the Wild. You would have just got like completely immersed. But for some reason, you just bounced off of it. Okay. I think Muffa like Tears of the Kingdom, like all the crazy shit you can do in there, like with shooting, making with dicks and, and shit balls. like that. <laughs> Muffa is creative like that. He would like that type of stuff. Maybe, but it, it would be if somebody said they absolutely did not like Breath of the Wild, I think Tears of the Kingdom would be a tough sell. I mean, I think there's a lot of added content to it that makes it interesting to play compared to Tears of the Kingdom, but or compared to Breath of the Wild. But there's so many similarities as well that, yeah, I, I don't know that Muff would def, definitely like it if he picked it up. It um, like let's the get same into, fucking bullshit. The same fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> speaking of the same fucking bullshit, let's talk about shrines and Koroks. How many, uh, so what, what is your guys' progress in Tears of the Kingdom so far? Like, how many hours do you have? How many shrines do you have? Korok seeds? Shit like that. Uh, I think I'm anywhere around six to eight hours, closer to eight, I would say. Um, I'm not sure how many shrines I got. I, I know it was least at least six, could be more. But have you got the parathel yet? No, I haven't got there yet. Oh sure. Um, I started I started running around. I figured I'd do shit and look around and got my ass handed to me. Uh, it's hard looking around without that parathel, man. Yeah, and then. Somebody, I think it was either Moose or Brian, was like, just do the main story and you'll get that shit. And so I was like, all right, I'll start doing that. But I haven't got there yet. Are you off of the, uh, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, are you off of that initial kind of tutorial area? That's yep. the initial sky area? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the actual open world area now. Okay. How about you, Melbro? What, what's your hours? What's your what's your shrines? Yeah. I would guess I'm at about also eight hours, maybe like four or five shrines. Just got the parasail, so I'm really early in the game. Um, but I spent a lot of time like in that you know opening area though, just like climbing and trying to get around because it was so it was so hard to navigate because like you'll look at the map and it'll look like a straight shot, but then there's different levels like in terms of altitude, so it was hard to get around. So I just spent a lot of time in that open area. Just trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy to get off of that area and get this pair. So I think it's going to open things up a bit more. Yeah. And I kind of, I spent a lot of time in that opening area too. And I wish I would have just left like, like beeline for the parasail, but I didn't know when I was going to get the parasail. So I didn't know. I kind of assumed it would be on that opening sky yeah. area, but, but it's not. Um, so yeah, I, I wish I would have just gotten it and then gone back because navigating that opening area with the parasail would have been a lot easier. Bash, I, I think uh, other than me, you've you've put the most time into it. Uh, so h- about how many shrines, how much time you got into it so far? Probably 30 something hours. I think I got about 20 shrines. I like spend the tears as soon as I get them. So I can't remember exactly how many it was, but probably about that many Korok seeds, I think. And then Spiral, you're you're kind of just getting started in it as well, is that right? And it, you might be on a bit of a hiatus right now, is that true? <laughs> I am. You know, I, I I jumped into the hype when uh, Melbro was uh, talking about it, saying everybody's going to play it, and then he jumped off to play Street Fighter. <laughs> but, uh, demo. Uh, you got to blame Emil, man. Demo. Emil got me off the train, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I've played probably about three to four hours of it, and I do like it. You know, I'm going to get into it at some point, but um, I, like you said before, Brian, I just finished Breath of the Wild maybe a year ago or so, so it's pretty fresh in my memory. So this game, when I jumped into it, at least graphically wise, was the same thing. Um, I do like the beginning of the game. Like, I felt like in Breath of the Wild, like the whole thing was about like rescuing Zelda, right? And then you you finish the game, and like the ending is bullshit. Like you, you like you don't even like talk to Zelda at all. It's like there's no reunion. There's nothing like that. So I was I thought it was cool in the beginning of this game that you're with her, and there's a bit of a story and like a bit of a cutscene, which is very far and few between in Breath of the Wild. Um, and yeah, I've been in the the and also the, the intro is cool when you like jump down. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, yeah, that intro is good when you first jump, man. Yeah, that was cool. But um, um, I've only gotten like the fuse ability uh, just recently, so I've been dicking around making some weapons and some vehicles, like very basic things. So that was kind of neat, though. Like, um, I'm not sure how tedious it'll get in the future, but like one of the things I did recently was just basically making a platform and attaching a hook onto it, and then like going down like this rail. Um, and riding it down to a certain, another part of the island, which I thought was pretty neat. Um, and then fusing the weapons together, I had just gotten to that point, which was a little like confusing for me because I thought I saw all these breakaway walls, and I was wondering when I'm going to get a bomb to do that, but then you have to fuse a weapon together uh, and then swing at the wall to break it, which was a little bit different than Breath of the Wild. But, I mean, it's a game I'm definitely going to get into. It's just uh, I'm just not in the mood for it at this point, but I will be for sure. Can we um can we peel back the curtain a little bit and talk about the elephant in the room, man? The, uh, What's that? The, the Tears of the Kingdom Killer, Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Final, Final Fantasy VII, a game that came out like what six years ago? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy though. Like, let, it's it's crazy though. Like everybody is dropping this game to go play Final Fantasy VII remake. Not me. <laughs> and, it, and it's like Final Fantasy VII remake is an, is an incredible game. So it's like. Sometimes, like, I know Tears is going to be fun, but, like, when you play Final Fantasy VII Remake, it's hard to go from that to Tears of the Kingdom. It's kind of a bit jarring, I feel. For sure. So and I, I should and play I think Final that's, Fantasy that's kind of impacted Remake? us not playing it. You think I'll have more fun with Final Fantasy than I will with uh, Tears? Uh, if, you, if you start Final Fantasy VII, you'll probably put Tears down. So I won't yeah. say you'll have more fun, because I, I haven't played Tears enough to say. You don't want to break Brian's fun. heart. But yeah, it's hard. I mean, Emil can talk to it too, though. But yeah, it's, it's hard, man. Going from that to tears, like, it's it's not like so for me. It's a little different because I I did the platinum, which took 161 hours of my time, and I know Zelda's going to be huge, and I know Zelda's going to be good. I'm not saying Zelda's not going to be good. I just know it's open world, and it's going to. Am I basically Breath of the Wild took me 175 hours? Am I ready for another? hundred plus hour game right now no i'm not and that's kind of why i'm not playing it right um right now but i will i will in the future i just i just can't on I that can't. game so hard in the group chat man <laughs> <laughs> i have been i have been because i know i want to play it but if i jump into it it's gonna that's all i'm gonna play and then i won't play anything else and then everything's gonna be on hiatus and i can't do that right now i just can't <laughs> I can't. You could. You could. <laughs> but, t- but just to fuck with me, a me a little bit, but you are playing Ghost of Tsushima, right? Which yes. is not a short game. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I was going to put some, it, it's not a as big, long, expansive but... open world. 
But I mean, the map is like Toshima, I think only just like one area in Japan and it, it's big, but I'm guessing it's going to be like maybe 60 hours. Yeah. I think I put in maybe like 35 hours in it. Yeah. Or something, you know, but like Zelda is going to be a hundred plus. I know that for a fact. Yeah. I, I know that already. So half <laughs> of that ain't too bad, you know, and more better graphics, man. Spar, what's been your experience like going from Final Fantasy VII Remake to Tears? So, um, for me, to answer Darkseid's question, the first five minutes of Final Fantasy VII Remake are amazing. Like, the graphics are just killer. The camera cuts, like the zoom-ins and zoom-outs, the cutscenes to gameplay are just ridiculous. Like, it's just, it's one of the most beautiful games I've played ever and i just got off playing um link's awakening which is a really good game i really enjoyed it but it was very as far as graphics go very basic so then jumping into um, another another switch game which has really good graphics but then jumping into final fantasy 7 remake which has amazing fucking graphics it's like it's hard for me to go back like i want it's i want to play like a next gen looking game and that's kind of why I'm not into uh, Tears of the Kingdom right now. But uh, to answer to answer Side's question, the first like ten minutes of Final Fantasy VII Remake are so epic, man! Like just the combat, the, the, the tutorial is great, and the combat, and the cutscenes, and the graphics, and Jesse. Oh my gosh, it's uh, it's <laughs> it's so really to, really great. Wait till you get to Tifa, man. Yeah, I haven't got. I just got to Aerith. Um, right now which is really yeah. cool so it's just it's not the shit on tears of the kingdom at all it's just timing for me the timing for me was i played uh um link's awakening which was basic looking and then i wanted i got a ps5 and yes just to play final fantasy 7 remake so i had that investment there too so i kind of want to play that game right now um so that's that is my mindset but yeah remake's a great game Darkseid's the kind of guy, though, that watches, like, the spirit of the Yankees over and over. You know, these black and white movies. He can deal with, uh, you know, a little uh, lower it's, aesthetic, uh, maybe. It's Pride of the Yankees. Pride of and, the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> one of the greatest films ever made. <laughs> do, do you guys, since we're on the subject of Final Fantasy, do you guys want to get that all out of your system right now? Do you want to talk more about your experience? No, no, we'll save it for another episode. I just want to kind of put it out there. Though. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's pissed. Yeah, Brian's um, pissed now. What I find entertaining about all this, I can't keep up with your fucking text thread because I'm working. I'm a fucking on the man. fishing boat. You're working. Yeah. Oh, all right. That's interesting. <laughs> you're a professional fisherman work, now. Brian is pissed. <laughs> so, what uh, what humors me about all this though is uh, Nintendo. Loves to not create anything new and just report everything. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, PlayStation's like, haha, fuck you, Nintendo. And Tears of the Clown just gets sitting all by himself. How did Sony have anything to do with it? They're playing an old game. It's not like Final Fantasy VII Remake was dropped right at the. Forgive me, are you guys all playing Final Fantasy Remake? Seven? Few of us. Few of us. Yeah. yeah. And the three of you quit playing the. Uh, Zelda bullshit. Still Either quit playing Mine's... or not starting. Yeah, mine even open sealed. that motherfucker. Mine's still sealed, man. Yeah, I find that very entertaining. Anyway, 
I w- Let's- <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think where Nintendo's missing the boat, I know they're on like, you know, cutie type of looking graphics and things like that. But like, I was playing a Final Fantasy VII Remake and I was thinking if Zelda was made like kind of like that, whew, that I would be a killer ass game. Be, that yeah. would be awesome, man. That's, yeah, that would be, that's next level, man. And Tears actually looks good for a Switch game, but it's hard to compare it to like those next gen, you know, PS5 and Xbox Series X games. It kind of, to me, it's like it almost took the Wind Waker feel and just kept it, in a way. Would you agree, Brian, on that, or no? I mean, the art style is like a mix. It is not as, you know, quote-unquote realistic as Twilight Princess, but but it's not also like as cartoony as Wind Waker. It's kind of like a middle ground, you know? It's kind of like this, like, almost like watercolor, like, type of... Like almost yeah, cell shaded, but without the the dark black outlines to it looks the character. Closer to uh, Skyward Sword visually. Yes, yes, okay. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, but like you know, when sixty four like Ocarina of Time came out, it was like I remember thinking like, man, it looks this is freaking awesome, like three D. It looks like real at the time, right? You're thinking like this looks realistic. It's crazy, like that first boss battle with the spider. I was like, holy, sh-, like you know, and then like. I feel like they switched that cell shaded kind of style. Then you said Twilight Princess, I didn't play. Skyward Sword, I didn't play. So I'm sure, you know, Twilight Princess looks more realistic. And I just kind of wish they'd go that route again. Or, you know, because Final Fantasy VII, what makes it like crazy, not to keep jumping onto that subject, but like the graphics are freaking insane. Like insane. Like that's probably the best game graphically that I've played ever. I would say that ever. Wow. And I, I, you know, I haven't played Final Fantasy Remake, so I can't really speak to what it does versus what Zelda does. Yeah. But I, I think where the Switch and Nintendo lack in the graphics that the other consoles can bring, they bring forward more with the gameplay and the fun environments and things like that. And I, I'm not saying that Final Fantasy VII doesn't have those, but I yeah. would imagine that a lot of these things that you see people doing in tears of the kingdom, which is the kind of this very open-ended experimental, like that's just not going to be there in final fantasy seven. I, I would, I would imagine yeah. most of your guys's experiences with final fantasy seven remake are probably very similar where I think our experiences with tears of the kingdom would be wildly different for everybody who plays it. Yeah. Yeah. It's more linear for sure. Like final fantasy seven remake is pretty linear. Like you can't, I mean, you can explore and stuff like that, but the st- story-wise, it's pretty linear, like where you're going and what you're doing. Like, it's not like you're just running around an open, open world or anything like that, so. All right, so let's get a bit back on track with Tears of the Kingdom. Um, let's talk about the abilities. So we've already talked about some of the abilities. So I, I think that's really the main difference between, or one of the main differences between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. So you pretty much have all new abilities. So in Breath of the Wild, you had bombs that you could use unlimited at any time. So those are gone. Bombs are now just an item. You had a move where you could just move metal, Magnesis. So that pretty much has been revamped into the Ultra Hand where you can move anything. And then that's also the thing that you're doing to like build. Um, And then Stasis where you can freeze things and you can hit them. That's kind of like molded in a bit to the recall where you are able to kind of turn things back to where if an item was moving, you hit recall and then it puts it back to where it was. And then, um, cryonis, which was like this ice block creation power. I mean, that's, 
just gone. I mean, again, that's pretty much supplemented by the building, but um, yeah. So in Tears of the Kingdom, so I already mentioned the ability, and then another ability you have in Tears of the Kingdom that's new is Ascend, where you're able to just warp to any area that's above you. So you can go through a platform that's above you. If you're on the bottom of a, a mountain cave, you can go all the way to the top of the mountain if you can use the Ascend ability. So let's focus on the building because I think that's the biggest like new ability um, that Tears of the Kingdom offers. How do you guys like the building? Um, I know a lot of you guys are early on, but they do kind of set you up in that intro tutorial area to focus on the building. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I think I like the building of like, everything but the weapons. I don't I don't like building weapons per se, but I like building things to solve puzzles like, you know, cars and like boards and hooks and stuff like that. But I think the building of the weapons, I haven't found that fun just yet, but maybe just because I haven't had enough variety to make it, you know, worth anything. Right now I'm just putting like rocks on tree sticks and shit. <laughs> yeah, uh for Breath of the Wild, the one of the main things that kept me from really getting into that was the whole weapons break things um i'm trying to get over that in tears of the kingdom i'm trying real hard brian um <laughs> i don't like that aspect <laughs> I, I just don't like it um i appreciate being able to make weapons and and you know put different weapons together so you can put two swords together together to have a really long sword or put a mushroom on a club to have a mushroom club or whatever but you know, after a few minutes, it's <laughs> a broken club. weapon, and and it's you gotta you know use another one. It's 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 it bothersome to me. I'm doing my best though, Brian. And I I really do, and I th I think the fuse ability makes that more palatable in this game than it was in Breath of the Wild. But I do think that the weapon, and I'm not just trying to be like a Nintendo blinders; they can do no wrong. But I think the weapon durability is kind of a key aspect of that game that you need to constantly be getting new weapons and you're not using the same weapon over and over like in elden ring i use the same damn sword and maybe this was a fault of mine but i used the same sword for the vast majority of the game because it seems like everything i was picking up either i hadn't leveled it up or anything like that so i would get these new items but they were kind of meaningless because i knew i was never going to use them where in breath of the wild tears of the kingdom I'm getting these new items and I'm kind of forced to use them. So even if I like using a sword, then maybe I'm forced to use a spear or a boomerang or an axe. And then if I start to use those more, then I realize, oh yeah, these actually have their their different use cases and things like that. And I mean, eventually as you get farther in the game too, the weapon breaking becomes less and less of a factor because you can hold more weapons. So you've got a big like stash that you can carry. And then you've just got more like, powerful weapons and i've in tears of the kingdom the durability also gets greater as you get further into the game and get different weapon types so i, I think it does get minimized a bit once you get later into it that's good that's good there's an old game that i really enjoyed called dark cloud for the playstation 2 and uh, that had a weapon uh, where the weapons would break and uh, the more you got in the game, the better the weapons were until eventually they didn't really break at all because you could level them up or build them up. And I love that game. So that's what I'm hoping is basically what's happening here. My biggest issue was not the weapon breaking in Breath of the Wild. It was the fucking thunderstorms that would come and you have to unequip all your steel weapons because you get shocked. That's kind of cool. Oh, shit. I thought it was lame. I thought it was lame. 
I mean, that's usually pretty easy to get around because uh, most of the time you've got some type of wood-based weapon in your arsenal. And again, that's another just factor of kind of making you use different weapons or shields that you might not have used otherwise. Um, and then I know an- another gripe of Breath of the Wild, which I think was val- when it rains, you can't climb. And then it's just like, well, I guess I'm just hanging around for the next 10 minutes while the rainstorm goes by. But in Tears of the Kingdom, they give you where you can now make elixirs that give you like sticky abilities so you can climb more easily <laughs> in the rain and things like that. So I think they have thought of some of the items that were um, rubbed people the wrong way in Breath of the Wild and looked at ways in which they can not necessarily get rid of them altogether, but just make it a more friendly user experience. Muff is constantly making elixir that makes us sticky. <laughs> Dark said, what do you think of the uh, cooking? Um, the cooking that uh, I'm I, maybe it gets better as you go, but it seems like it takes a long time. Am I wrong? Like you got to throw some shit in a pot and then you wait five seconds and then you get a new item rinse and repeat. I mean, I know you can have, uh, recipes, but you still got to like toss it in and wait that five seconds. It's not just a instantaneous thing. I mean, it's a bit, I mean, you can skip that five second cut scene. Um, but I mean, it's still going to be like, you know, a second or two while you're doing it. I I mean, it is a little bit, but really what I do is I've got kind of a stock of all these like food items at any given time. And then like, let's say I'm running out of food items that give me stamina or I'm running out of food items that just give me general health. Then I don't know. It seems like I only have to do it like once per like every three hours or so I'll go to the main town. I'll go to the cooking pot. I'll make like you know, five or six recipes at once. And then I'll kind of go on the next journey that I want to do. So, I mean, to me, it doesn't seem like it's that much of a, you know, I I know Moose is not here, but he had the same thing. He does not like the cooking in this game that much as well. But I feel like it's not something that um, once you, again, once you get a big enough, like stock of, of food, it's not something that comes up as much. I I never know what I'm cooking. I just throw random shit in there. Yeah, yeah, me too, mm-hmm. me too. Yeah, it ain't complicated if you don't want it to be. You can usually just throw some shit together whenever yeah. you need a chance, and they give you free shit every once in a while, so just for side quests and stuff. Be uh, Before we go any further, I want to point out, just so Brian doesn't go insane, I like the game, okay? <laughs> but I have a lot of things to complain about. They're all minor gripes. They're not deal breakers, but the tiny little things that I complain about will add up so that it's not the most enjoyable experience you know what i mean like there's nothing like oh this game sucks because of this game breaking bug and i can't play it anymore and i throw it away but i have like 10 items that just get under my skin a little bit while i'm playing the game you know what i mean i i know what you mean um i i guess for me and I'm not saying that it is a flawless game. I, I, I 100% think it's a 10 out of 10 game, but to me, a 10 out of 10 does not mean completely flawless. So I, I do think that there are some things that the game does that I don't necessarily love. But I guess as, as Bash said, um, like with the cooking, it doesn't have to be complicated if you don't want it to be. And I think that for Tears of the Kingdom, where there's things that I might find annoying, I just don't have to do them if I don't want to. Like, I don't love the building. Um, I don't particularly come up with that many creative solutions. 
And, but I found that I just don't have to do that much building then. There's other ways to kind of get around things. Like I was trying to build a hot air balloon at one point, but then I realized you can just take a rocket and fuse it to your shield and then that'll boost you up into the air like immediately with very little effort. So things like that, there's so many different kind of tools you have in your toolkit that you can usually get around whatever is rubbing you the wrong way. And maybe that doesn't fit to all of your gripes, dark side, but at least that's what I found for the things for me that I haven't loved that I just avoid doing them then. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I'm just different because... Uh... I, 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 loud. I'll I just edit game, it out. It's fine. Yeah, I'm I muted. Feel the, I feel the <laughs> game wants you to do specific things. I feel the game wants you to do specific things. You know, like oh, you have to get across this river, and it's like, oh, look, there's building tools that you can make that looks kind of like a boat. So it's like they want you to do that, and or you can find a way around, or try to swim it, or whatever. Um, but that's just kind of it's it just kind of feels like that's every encounter like you know here's all these different tools that you can do things different ways and then you kind of have to just figure out how you want to do that thing and sometimes i just want it a little bit more linear you know what i mean like, yeah I, I mean i agree the game definitely sets you up where they want you to do things a certain way and i think eventually i just stopped going by what they wanted me to do and once you get enough like again tools in your toolkit it's easier to ignore those things because yeah, I saw these building stations like all over the place and I'm like, wait, am I supposed to be building like all the time? Like, why is this building station even here? Do they want me to build something? And um, yeah, like maybe they want you to build a car, but I would personally rather that, you know, go to a high mountain and paraglide somewhere rather than build a car, at, at least at this stage of the game. Yeah. Speaking of cars, um, the first time that I came across in the open world, um, any place that had wheels, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to build like some type of car and, you know, go down this hill or whatnot. And I thought I built it the way it was supposed to be built. But those wheels refused to turn. <laughs> and I was like, what did I do wrong? So I unbuilt it and I built it again slightly differently. And this, the wheels wouldn't turn. And I'm like, well, how did I fuck this up? They just won't move. So then I was like, all right. And I just ran where I was supposed to go. And that's happened with me as well, where like the Korok guy would be like, hey, take me over to my friend. And then it's like, well, I can spend 10 minutes building a car that may or may not work, or I can spend five minutes just walking his ass over there, which isn't necessarily <laughs> fun, but it kind of gets the job done quicker. And, These lazy fucking Koroks, man. But yeah, I, I think one of the things with the game, they don't want to give you all of the building, um, not to go to this term again, but all the tools right out of the gate, because that would be overwhelming. But I will admit it can make it a bit frustrating. Like when I built a car but I can't steer it, that doesn't do me a whole lot of good because I take the car, it immediately rams into a, you know, a mountainside and then it, like I have to get off and realign it. But eventually you do get a steering wheel. And then once you get the steering wheel, that makes building a car way more fun and way more exciting to do because now you can actually drive it. But even then, my battery is so small. You use battery to power the vehicles you get. My battery power is so limited that also is still not great, but I see these YouTube videos. People have these massive battery stashes. Yeah. So I, I think it is where once you get deeper into the game, these mechanics will really start to pay off more. But in the beginning, I will admit it can feel like a bit of a, a slog. Yeah. These nerds online are building some crazy shit. 
And, and uh, isn't, doesn't that inspire you watch. a little bit? <laughs> it, it No, it does not. It just <laughs> tells me I will never do any of that, but it's cool <laughs> that somebody did. It's kind of a little demotivating. Like, I know I can never be in anything that cool, but does I it, do like seeing it on does you know, that make, Instagram. Does Twitter. that make the journey more annoying, though? Does what? Like building. That's kind of what I was afraid to. That's I the thing, like... Game. I'm I just never fucking build anything. I do think it's kind of annoying, so I just don't fucking build shit and I just go around, you know. That's probably it's the route like I'm always take. an option, almost always an option. Yeah. So. Do you build a lot, Brian? I I mean, I don't build anything complicated, but I mean, I will build like simple vehicles, but and this is a a light spoiler, but and I won't get into it, but there is something that allows you it makes your building easier. To where once you have built something, you can replicate what you built. Because the annoying thing for me one time, I built something and then I walked away because the Korok guy was like rolling down the hill like really far. And then when I got his ass and walked back, my what I had built was gone. And I was like, well, that sucks. I got to build this thing again. But there is a mechanic that allows you to like save a blueprint of what you built. And then you Another can... Another win for Xbox. You can do that again. <laughs> so I, I think... I will start building more now that I just unlocked that. I think the game could do a little bit of a better job kind of guiding you to like, hey, you should maybe do this because you're going to get this thing out of it. Like in the beginning, I didn't get the parasail. And I went to the tower, the first tower, and I couldn't activate it. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't actually a tower. So I went pretty far off the beaten path, made it to another tower. There was a bunch of enemies that I spent like half an hour getting to the the gate of the tower and still couldn't activate it. So now I, I just looked up online. I was like, all right, how do I activate the towers? And then that's when it said, do the main story until you unlock that ability. I felt like they could have given you a bit more of a guiding hand. Like in the first game, Breath of the Wild, you don't leave the plateau until you get the paraglider. Like you've got to get that paraglider before you leave the plateau. This, you can go anywhere you want before you get that paraglider. And I think that was a bit frustrating. The one thing that I would say that's like really unique about this game, though, that I think I'm going to like when I play it more is that they really give you so many different tools. here. like they encourage you to break the game. Essentially, that's what this game is. Like, how creative can you get to get around these puzzles? There's, you know, in most games, you have a puzzle and there's one way to solve it. In this game, every puzzle probably has 30 or more ways you can solve it. It's just like, how creative can you be to break the game and come up with a way to beat this? It's like, I don't even know how the developers like thought of this, like how they program for like so many different ways for you to solve a solution. It's like whatever your mind can think of, like you can almost do it in this game. I think that's pretty unique. Yeah, like one example is like like you can uh, surf on your shield, but it doesn't work very well unless you're on like a really steep elevation. And even then it damages your shield a lot. But if you take a frozen piece of meat and put it on your shield, then you've got way less friction, so you can surf on your shield a lot easier, and it won't damage your shield nearly as much. So, like, yeah, things like that really... And that's not hard to do. Like, it's very easy to take a frozen piece of meat and stick it on the shield. So it's not like everything has to be this really complicated building solution. Um, It can be, you know, an easy-to-do thing, but um, can still have pretty good results. Freeze that meat. You guys have any other thoughts on Tears of the Kingdom before we get into uh, just kind of general Zelda discussion? Do you know the estimated hours for the game? Uh, it's got like if I 
want to do everything I plan on doing, it's going to be at least 300 hours, I would guess. I mean, it's because not only is there the main overworld map of Breath of the Wild, but then you've got that new sky area. And then there's a new, this is again, a light spoiler, but you find it very early on. There's a whole underground area as well, which is like just as big that you have. And I'm probably not going to go crazy, like trying to explore every single nook and cranny of that underground place, but it's still a lot of area to explore and run around in. You're going to play this game for 300 hours, man? <laughs> at least, yeah, I bet. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm at 75 right now, and I have I bet I'm at 10% of the game of what I want to yeah. do. I was so say you play Elden Ring for like 60 hours, and then you, you know, got tired of it and... But like, you know, put it down. What's, what's no, different about Brian this? put a hundred no, hours in. But the, like, what Brian's thing. saying is like, Thank there's you. three worlds, man. I mean, you got the Sky World, the Hyrule, and then you got the Underground. So it's almost like three. You know what I mean? Hyrule alone in the first one was like over a hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so like, you gotta. I don't know how big the Sky World is, but yeah, I did hear about the Underground World being just like as big as Hyrule. I mean, the difference for me between Elden Ring and Zelda is that Elden Ring. I said this on a different podcast. There was just not a lot of joy there. Like I didn't think it was that it was fun. Like there was definitely things that were exciting. Like the underground area of Elden Ring is like beautiful. You see, it's like this like night sky down there and you're like, holy yeah. shit, this area looks incredible where the underground area of Zelda is cool. I don't think it looks as cool as, as what Elden Ring did, but I just find the world of Zelda in general is just fun to be in. Can, gotcha. can anyone hear? understand the story of Elden Ring besides like Darkseid's <laughs> brother. Besides Rick? Yeah, literally. Rick like explained you know, it to us and I'm like, I have no idea what that means, but all right, cool. Like, Man, Rick will rehearse that shit yeah, without he knows having it. to look See, anything up. He just knows it. Yeah. I, I can't tell you off the top of my head. Yeah, I remember it was good when he told it to me, but I couldn't <laughs> figure it out as I played it. Yeah. <laughs> Rick doesn't know either. He just made up some shit. He just made shit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and me and Dark said, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, Brian, I have a, a long list of complaints I wanted to shell out. Go for it. I'm not going to. I just want to point out is it just me? Or does anybody else think that Link is just high all the fucking time? He's taking money shots all the time from people building erector sets. Like from the start of the game, he looks like his eyes are glazed over and he's high as fuck. <laughs> Zelda, she's all excited. Oh, I'm in. We're in the underground area. And she's like, we find this thing. And she's super excited. And she's talking. All Link can do is look at her like, oh, and then like grab her the torch. <laughs> and it's I'm like, what's wrong with Link? It's like a right? fuck. Yeah. And he's, then he's tired like, of the bullshit. It is shit. weird that like all these people are just talking to him and shit. He doesn't talk back. It's just like I feel like they could evolve it a bit and then like have some dialogue, Link. Like say something back. It, it, even I've if seen, it's not, yeah, it could even be text. From what I've seen, he either a doesn't care or he's high. I'm assuming he's high because he's going through the effort of all the shit. But like, yeah, it's just basically like. You, you know, once the, you get the ability with the hand, he's just looking at his hand like, oh, look at all the bright colors. And he's just looking at all, oh, you know, he doesn't. It just it just seems like he's high all the time. They make it hard to care about him as a protagonist when he doesn't say any say anything. He's just a mute. 
I will yeah, agree it, that my attachment to Link is just the legacy that that series has and that that character has, and it is not based on that. I think he is inherently a great character, really, because <laughs> there's really there's not a whole lot. I mean, I'm not going to try and defend that. Um, I do think they could have evolved it a bit, but um, I, giving him a voice, I don't know. That'd be he tough. He doesn't have to, to have right. a voice, but he can like have a te- he can have like text back to people, like when they do the text speech and stuff. He doesn't even talk back to people, like in text. Yeah, people talk to him and they they react as though he said something. But yeah, he but he yeah. says nothing. He just looks at him. <laughs> just glazed over a high as fuck look. <laughs> um. Anyways, that's joking aside. But one thing that, and this may just be me not playing the game right. Uh, when you lock onto uh, an enemy, that's the left trigger, right? Yeah. So you lock onto an enemy, and let's say there's like three enemies. How do you switch your lock on? I believe that it is always going to lock onto the enemy that is closest to you. And if they move farther away and you don't release the trigger, you will stay locked onto them. But if you release the button and then push it again, you will then lock onto the closest enemy. Bash, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know that you can just like flick the analog stick to then change the enemy that you're locked onto. Maybe you can. That's how I do it. I just let go and hit it again. Yeah, that's what I do as well. I thought I was doing something wrong. It's just that the game is doing something wrong. (laughs) That system where you have to let go of the lock button and then press it again. Oh, God, that's fucked up. That's frustrating as hell because my games over the last 10 years have conditioned me to flick the analog stick to lock onto another target. And I keep trying to do that through muscle memory and it keeps not working and I keep getting killed because of it. And I'm like, God damn it. And so it's so frustrating to like get back to, well, back to 1998, basically. I will accept that criticism. Are you, are you using the pro controller dark side or are you holding? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no pro controller only. I can't, uh, I can't do it any other way. All right. That's enough complaining out of me. You can complain, but you have other crit. I, I can take your criticisms now more than I can via text. <laughs> so if you have more criticisms, <laughs> all right. I'm, yeah, well, lay it out here. Come on now. The game looks good, right? I like the way the game looks. All right. But as Spiral mentioned earlier, it does not look better than Breath of the Wild. And if we all remember, Breath of the Wild is a Wii U game, last gen. So. The fact that six or seven years has gone by and we're getting a game that looks just as good as Breath of the Wild, as good as it may look, it's last gen and it should at least look better. At the bare minimum, if it was any other franchise, we would all expect it to look better because it's a new console generation and it's a new system and it's it's the standard. Am I wrong? There's low no. expectations from Nintendo. No, you're you're right. Uh, I mean, I would like if you take Uncharted one and you compare it to Uncharted three, there is a big difference in how those games look. So, so I will agree. I, I think what Nintendo did, and this is going to back to a comment I made earlier, is that I think really the focus is just on the gameplay, like a hundred percent. And I think they probably could have put more resources into. I don't know if that would have been building a brand new engine or doing something to make it look better. But I think they just poured all the resources into any other aspect of the game and they they probably just felt breath of the wild was good enough um and maybe the switch probably isn't that much more powerful than the wii u 
So maybe they, even though there was a launch title for the Switch, maybe that was already kind of squeezing about as much juice as they were going to get out of it. Yeah, I don't think you can get much more out of the Switch than what they're doing now. So I don't think they have a choice. Did anyone here pay 70 for it? I did. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I did not. Neither did I. That ten bu- that, that ten dollars doesn't make a difference, though, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's ten bucks. It's a hey, state of mind. Hey, it makes a difference. Hey, it's get a couple happening. million people to buy into that and see if ten dollars makes a difference. That's a, they already have. That's the standard price now. Like you that's just gotta accept Taco it. Bell right there, man. It sucks, but it's like eh. there were games that you guys bought on N sixty four that were seventy bucks. You know, revolutionary games. <laughs> 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 All right, last because I'll skip a bunch. Stamina. What the fuck? It was up with stamina. Oh, that's how Breath of the Wild was. Too. Wh- what's the complaint there? It sucks. It's it drains <laughs> so easily. Like what? I, I I don't know if I complained about this in chat, but uh, I went into some water and I swam a little bit, and then I was like, oh, I'll go back to the shore. <laughs> but like the stamina goes away so damn quickly that like I ran out of stamina, and I was like just a foot away from the shore, and I died. Link died. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, the shore was right there. Like, the stamina doesn't recover if you don't swim around. It just keeps going away. And then you just die. You don't have a chance to recover any of it. I was like, what is this shit? So I think with the stamina in general is, I mean, the the big thing about this game, it gives you the choice to do things. I think in a lot of other games, if there was a big mountain to climb or if there was a big river to cross, you just wouldn't be able to do that. And in Zelda, they give you that ability. Now, you may have to craft some more food to make more like stamina replenishing things, or you could just go around the big mountain, or you could go around the river, but they give you the the options to to go around these things if you want. Because yeah, sometimes I'll be climbing a mountain, and if you do the jump, it wastes your stamina more. So I'll be slowly climbing this mountain, and it's kind of boring, and it's I'm like, man, I wish I could just you know, get more stamina, which you can later on in the game. But then I'm thinking, well, at least I'll eventually get to the top of this mountain where if it was any other game, you just wouldn't get to the top. You just have to go around or something. So I, I think they do give you ways around those things. And if stamina, I guess, is an annoying part of the game, then I guess you would just explore other places. I just didn't like that. I mean, it was a very small body of water. And, you know, if 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 we want to talk about reality for a second, like it would be very hard for someone to die in that small of a body of water, <laughs> you know, except for Link because he died and it happened. And I was like, God damn. Actually, big picture, there isn't that much swimming in the rest of the game, so it doesn't come up very often. And it's pretty, re- I, I think there was a, like a body of water that you had to cross in that tutorial area to get somewhere. But yeah, like Bash said, you really... There's not that much water. Like there's lakes and shit around that if you want to explore them, like maybe there'll be a treasure chest in the middle of it. Um, but you really don't have to go through that much water. You can just avoid it. Yeah. But like I said, all of my shit, it's all minor stuff. You know, it doesn't stop the game from being fun. It just lessens it a little bit.
All right. Let's move into some other Zelda-related topics. So I know some people have played some Zelda games recently other than Tears of the Kingdom. Spiral, you want to talk about uh, Link's Awakening a bit? Yeah, so I fucked up, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I bought this game because it was short. It was only like 14 hours long. It was Zelda month. And uh, it was on sale at, at Meijer for a very long time for like clearance like maybe 29 bucks or something like that like it was super cheap but i had no reason to buy it until like zelda month came up and then when zelda month came up it was gone so i had to buy the game at full price i was disappointed in myself i bought the game i popped it in and i really really loved it so um it was really really good and uh, i was probably more because i thought i wouldn't like it because i haven't played an old school zelda game probably in at least 20 25 years uh, but popping this game in and going through it was really, really fun. Um, it uh, It is the port of the old 1993 Game Boy game, which I never played, never had a Game Boy. I'm not a big handheld person. And I haven't played a Zelda game, old school game, probably since um, Ocarina of Time. Um, so it's been a very long time. My, my man, this game is great. Like I was really surprised how good it was. Um, the one thing that was really jarring to me, what I miss in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom is the music like uh there is very little music that that i can remember in breath of the wild i'm not sure about tears of the kingdom but that overworld theme is so iconic and hearing that again somewhat modernized in a link's awakening was really really neat so um it was great to hear that song again really really love it um yeah the game was great it's old school zelda uh, top down looking with really uh neat dungeons and puzzles not overly long um it but the game itself is fairly weird as far as a story goes <laughs> we're on this island with this big fucking fish um and it has like these like other characters from nintendo games in it like there's uh kirby was in it and uh some of like the koopa troopas were, were, were in it uh, there's there's the areas where you go underground and it becomes like a like a mario brothers platformer with the same music like it was pretty wild like i don't know who was smoke who was smoking what when they made this game <laughs> but uh it threw me it, it did throw me but in a good way um but yeah like i said it was really really fun i enjoyed it it took me about 14 hours to play um graphics were great it was also a little difficult in different areas um i had to look up a couple things like there was a point where i had to find this one key and the only way to get to the other side of the map, and the map isn't that big. Um, you can traverse the map pretty quickly. And when you get to the uh, the warp points and the fast travel, it makes it even easier. But there was a point where I was trying to find a key. I think it was like the Adler key or something like that. And I was like, where the fuck do I go to get this goddamn key? And there's uh, what's neat in this game is you have like these random like um, rooms where you go in and, and you can call this dude and he gives you random tips. Um, and usually they're really, really helpful. But in this case, he wasn't worth shit. Like he was telling me, "Oh yeah, you need to go over to this desert." I'm like, "How the fuck do I get there?" And um, I had to look it up. And the way to do it was, I had to like, uh, the player has to like um, chop away at some grass at some random point, and then there's a stairwell, a stairwell going down. Which I was like, "What the fuck? Like, who's gonna do that?" <laughs> um, but uh, once I got past that, um, there was only other one other point where I had to look something up. That was the last boss. But at that point, I just kind of wanted to get 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 the uh, game done with. The bosses were neat too. Um, what I like about this game, it kind of shows me the evolution of like Zelda, the gameplay. Like 
from like the um like the different abilities and tools you can unlock and and helps you get to different areas of the game um like that organic kind of evolution of the different abilities you can get like the grappling hook and um some other things i can't remember right now uh but you see these areas where it's like okay i know i'm gonna go here i just don't know how i'm gonna get here but then he gets to some to some dungeon you beat it and you get some ability that allows you to go through that place and i thought that was super neat like some of the swimming stuff was neat um overall it was um a really fun game and a, re- a real uh, a real uh, bit of nostalgia you know i'm not a big nostalgia person but like i was starting to like dark sides it earlier just like place bombs at certain areas to see if uh, uh doors would appear um and the dungeons are neat too the dungeons are really cool i felt like um the puzzles were neat um the abilities again were neat like one of the ones that was interesting to me was the one where you can you can um like uh you can like run with the sword and like there was like certain things that uh, you couldn't get past once you get ability to sprint with the sword and you hit it like it destroys it and you get further in the game uh yeah i really really like this game i'm surprised to say that i did enjoy it a lot and i kind of want to play some of the older zelda games now too not the super old games but like i'm interested in playing like Wind waker and uh what's the other one the sword game um and some of the other Zelda games that are available on Switch. So yeah, this was a really fun game. I'm glad I played it. On Metacritic, it got an 87, which I was surprised. Fairly high, but I do think uh, it is worth it. I was looking up some stats on this game. Um, apparently it sold like 6 million copies or something like that. So I was not familiar with the original. So I have, I have, I've never played that. So this is... Um, this is a, a very new experience for me. I didn't know the original game had such a large following. I know, Brian, you love that game. But, uh, yeah, it was really good. Um, and, yeah, it was a nice old school game. And Tears of the Kingdom will come at some point. Uh, we will see. But, uh, yeah, I'll get I'll get some tears going at some point. It was nice that they remade this game, too, because otherwise I don't think I would have ever played it. But yeah, I like when they. I wish they would re- remake some of the other old Zelda games too, so I can experience those. Because sometimes it's hard to go back to some of those older games without, you know, a new look and feel to it. But I, I thought the color in this game was really good, and like you said, it was a great game, start to finish. Yeah, it surprised me for sure. Yeah, it would be nice if they re- like because there's Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, which were also on on the Game Boy Color, and they have the very it's very similar gameplay to Link's Awakening. Um, and they're available on Switch Online, I believe. But yeah, it, it could be tough to go back to that, you know, the Game Boy aesthetic. But man, if they remade those to look like Link's Awakening, I would 100% recommend those because they were really good. And it did also, now I'm thinking about it, did it also have like the precursor to, I feel like, what were the Korok, the Korok seeds with the seashells? Like you'd find random seashells. Like at one point you get like this, this like, dog ball chain thing and it, like sniffs around and like if you have a shovel you can dig there and you find a seashell and you like if you like chop at different grass sometimes they'll show up or it'll show up in a treasure chest and then those seashells when you get to a certain place will uh if you get enough of them will unlock better like rewards for you which i thought was neat it, this, it did lead up to the korak seeds for me and even like the enemies too like i just remember i don't remember like the old the old uh, zelda games but there's a skeletons and the goblins and i'm like oh you play these in breath of the wild i mean 
they're much more modern looking and it's in 3d but it's kind of cool how they've kept that same theme those same characters and monsters over like the 20 30 year history of zelda yeah they do that for a lot i mean there's a lot of uh I mean, the enemies from the very first Legend of Zelda are all in like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom and, and things like that. So yeah, it's cool seeing like, you know, what was a very primitive enemy design is now like fully realized and probably like, you know, as a kid, what we would have imagined these things were. And now you're kind of seeing it realized. That's all I got, Brian. All right. Darkseid, you want to talk about, uh, I think you were playing the original Legend of Zelda recently. Yeah. Um I just want to say I do love uh, Link's Awakening also. I played the remake maybe two or three years ago, and it was amazing. And uh, played the Game Boy Color version on, uh, what was it, the Game Boy Player on the GameCube, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope they uh, they take Oracle of Ages and Seasons and bring those to the uh, Switch, because that would be awesome. Well, they are. I I believe you can play those. Are they on there already? I think so, yeah. I I think they are, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's the exa- they're not like remade versions, but yeah, it's the old school versions that you can play. If they got save states, then I'm down, man. They yeah. should, yeah, yeah, they <laughs> Cause, should. Because I'm fucking bitter, and I need to, I need save states. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, I played the original uh, Legend of Zelda from the original Nintendo. Uh, probably my favorite Zelda game of all time. I've played it many, many times. I'm sure everybody's played it. They all know what it is. Um, for the kids out there, the Gen Z that don't know what it is, it's a uh, like a top-down 2D uh, adventure game uh, where you uh, go around to different dungeons and uh, get different items at each dungeon and uh, try to find the princess and kill Ganon. Basically every Zelda game that's ever been made. <laughs> uh, but it's great. I mean, it's still great today. Um, graphically, it's 8-bit. Um, it's It's got its charm. It's pretty. Um, so... I don't really have any, not much to say about it other than I love it. What's the Triforce in the first one? Yes. When did it stop? They they don't really, I don't remember if they mention it uh, like in three pieces. I think that was the Super Nintendo one. Um, But uh, yeah, there is, you're just going around getting pieces of the Triforce. When did they drop the Triforce? What do you mean? Like that's not in the all in the modern games, right? It wasn't in Link's Awakening. It wasn't in Breath of the Wild. Um, Link Link's Awakening. The story of that is just so much of an offshoot from the main series. I, I forget was the Triforce not mentioned at all in Breath of the Wild? I don't think so. It just kind of comes and goes with the series. Like uh, it's probably not in like maybe half the games. Uh-huh. Is it in Tears of the Kingdom? Spoiler alert. I mean, I I haven't seen anything. That ta- has talked about the Triforce at all, yeah. Okay. Uh, was it Majora's Mask? I don't remember it being in there either. Gosh, I couldn't tell I'm you. pretty sure not, no. Yeah, it's yeah. like another kind Again, of spin-off-y one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got any other thoughts? So, the, uh, in, in Darkseid, I, I think you have... There's many other entries of the Zelda series that you have not played. What drew you back to the first game rather than like playing an entry that you haven't played before? Uh, basically I knew I liked it. You know, I was like, I, I'm going to play a Zelda game for the podcast that I know I like, and that I know what I'm doing so that I can get through it rather than play something that I hadn't finished. Like I, I considered doing, um, Oracle of ages cause I beat Oracle of seasons, but I never played ages. Really? Um, yeah, I don't know why, but I just never ended up doing it. So 
I was like, maybe I'll play that. And then I didn't realize that it was on the, the Nintendo Switch. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to dig out anything to play it on old school, the old school way. So I went to a Zelda, the OG Zelda. All right. You got anything else on that dark side? No, I love it. Everyone play it. All right, Mel, bro, I, I saw your comment. You got you to gotta head out pretty soon. Um, you want to talk yeah. a bit about a Cadence of Hyrule that you played? Yeah, so I only played it for about an hour. Um, my goal was to play that for the other month. But um, the issue is that game is really fucking hard. Um, you know, first of all, this game is, um, is a game that's... Um, they kind of took this game called uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer and kind of remixed it to have that same game, but with a Zelda theme to it. So you move around and you fight enemies to the beat and you have to like do everything on beat. And so they have some really good Zelda music in that and you kind of move around on like a kind of you looking at the top down view and you're kind of moving your character around and hitting all these different enemies to the beat. I like the mechanic a lot. It's really fun because the thing is like you have to notice the patterns of the enemies. So some enemies, you know, kind of hit you on the beat. Some enemies you have to kind of sneak around and hit and start away on the beat. And, you know, it kind of takes a lot of memorizing the different enemy types. But I think somehow I might have gotten off the main path that I should have went on and I was getting fucked up really good. And I was hoping that the game would be a little easier, um, but it's a bit tough. And I, I think I'll come back to it, but I just can't get into the move for a tough game right now after coming off of some of the other games that I play. But I do recommend it. Um, it's a game that I will play at some point because um, the time that I did have with it, I do think I would enjoy this type of game. But I just need to be in, in a better mood for a tough game at that, you know, when I do actually start it. But yeah, Brian, I know you played it also. Did you have any thoughts on this one you want to share? No, yeah, it's it's good. It's challenging. Um, I mean, as somebody that loves rhythm games, I, I mean, even I had a tough time with it just because it's not your standard rhythm game. You've got it's a mixture of like doing Zelda like combat in tune with the rhythm and having a bit of strategy yeah. and the placement of where you are with the enemies and what the rhythm is at the time. And yeah, it can be pretty brutal. Um, I mean in comparison to other roguelikes, I mean, they're pretty friendly on like what abilities and stats you do retain when you die, but it can be challenging. And especially there's DLC that's kind of integrated into the game and it doesn't really tell you when you're entering that DLC area and you can get whooped pretty good if you just kind of stumble in there. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's challenging for sure. All right. Yeah, that was an overall fun game though. Melbro, you're you're the music guy, so let's. Are, can you stick around for some some Zelda tunes here? Yeah, I'll stick around for a few minutes. All right, all right. Let, let's get into some Zelda music here. We're just gonna play some songs, listen to some some Zelda music. All right, let's. Uh, hopefully this works, and this does not work. Here we go. That's a good one right there. Oh, classic. If you know this one. Bitches and hoes from Tokyo. So everybody knows this probably. Gerudo Valley from Ocarina of Time. Um, yeah, this I debated make for our best game song of all time. I, I debated having this because this is a classic one. All right, let's go on to the next one.
So this is Lon Lon Ranch. Lon Lon Ranch? Yeah, yeah. from Ocarina of Time. I, this, this is like a symphony version because Ocarina of Time, the voice didn't sound quite as good on the N64. You know, it did what it could. But uh, I always like, this is like one of the most calming video game songs, I think. All right, let's go into the next one. So as Spiral said, this one was, uh, you know, the, the, the main Zelda theme is just uh, an incredible theme. And then when they revamped it for Link's Awakening, it's a, it's a great rendition. I mean, everybody's heard this, but I do think it's incredible how what they did with NES music at the time, how it translates into such great songs when you make it like a full orchestral version. It's really impressive. So good. All right, let's go on. This is the one that Moose had suggested. Again, Ocarina of Time, I think, is one of the the main... Um... What's going on here? Here we go. <laughs> this is town, right? I haven't heard this in a while. This is the song storms. So yeah, Ocarina of Time, I, I think, is where the game, the series. I mean, that's a, most people's favorite one, or a lot of people's favorite one. But yeah, I think the music just went to a whole nother level and was integrated into the game. You know, you're playing the ocarina to manipulate the game and things like that. That was so good. Um, and then this one in Tears of the Kingdom, I this was in Breath of the Wild, but I forgot just how good this song was. Um, and I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Meh. But this is Rito Village, so the, the bird people village. Oh. I think it picks up <laughs> the this part, yeah. Love this. That's doing anything for you, Emil. We need Sora's song from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> the village. So yeah, I, I was surprised because I don't remember that song standing out in uh, Breath of the Wild, but um, yeah, I really like that one. And then the last one I had, this was always rumored that System of a Down did a Legend of Zelda song I don't know if you guys have heard this before. It was eventually debunked that it wasn't them. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to play this because <laughs> we, everybody thought it was really System of a Down back in the day. It was listed on Napster as System of a Down. That's why everyone thought that. This was in a guy? No. I don't know who actually did it, but... Yeah, like Bash said, it was listed on Napster as System of Down, and everybody took it as true. Yeah. 
So that's it. That's uh, yeah. Just, just some. I, I wanted to play some Zelda music during this episode, just because I think the franchise in general has such great music. But yeah, I, I think at this point, uh, yeah, we'll just. And, and we don't necessarily need to make this a formal rundown, but yeah, just any Zelda games, I guess, that you guys haven't talked about up to this point that you just want to shout out as that you have particularly fond memories of, or or maybe a, a game or two that you know you don't think were that good compared to the rest of the series. Last quick thing, because I do have to go. Twilight Princess was some bullshit. I didn't like when they made you turn into that wolf. <laughs> Fuck that game. You, you didn't play as the wolf that much, really. Yeah, once I got to that wolf part, it was I just couldn't do it anymore, man. So you didn't play the whole game? I did not. No, I stopped after I was playing that. I think I turned into that wolf once, and I got through it. And then I had to turn into him again. I'm like, fuck this game. <laughs> you should revisit that game it, it's a pretty solid game especially i remember near the end it got like super epic is that like um known as one of the better zelda games um i mean the middle of the pack it, it's kind of known as the comeback of zelda games because people <laughs> shit on wind waker because comeback. it was all cartoony and uh they wanted it to be something more, you know, they wanted it to be more realistic. And then they had Twilight Princess and it was all realistic looking. And it was like a return to form type shit. Bad, yeah. did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. After you get the ability to like switch back and forth from wolf to human, it does get better. But yeah, the wolves are kind of annoying at first. <laughs> <laughs> and with, with what Dark Side said, I think Nintendo did take the criticism of Wind Waker and they consciously made an effort to recapture some of what they got with Ocarina of Time, like make it more serious, uh, make it more realistic looking and things like that. It came out on the Switch originally, right? Oh, not the Switch, I'm sorry, the the Wii, uh, the Wii, right? Yeah, so this was, was something GameCube. where it was developed for the GameCube and then they made it a Wii launch title, but I think it actually came out a bit after the Wii title. So the Wii launched, Twilight Princess was available day one, and then I think it was like a few weeks later when they released it on the GameCube. But yeah, it was it was essentially like it, it was similar to Breath of the Wild, where it was like pretty much made for the GameCube. But then they just had it launch with the new system. Anybody else got any Zelda game? I, I mean, yeah, I, I've pretty much covered most of the games that I've enjoyed, uh, you know, that I would consider like in my top five. Um, the one that I mean, we talked about a little bit, but A Link to the Past is an excellent game. Um, I know that's Moose's favorite. Yeah, anybody else have any experiences with with A Link to the Past on Super Nintendo? Yeah, I absolutely love it. It's uh, also one of my favorites. Um, Super Nintendo. Um, weirdly, like at, when it came out, I kind of was disappointed in it the first time that I played it. The only reason that I was is because uh, I was such a big fan of Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link, um that when they changed back to the original type of old school zelda i was like oh kind of like oh shucks it's went backwards but i mean after playing the whole thing back then and then playing it multiple times since then i absolutely love it so you not only played the first legend of zelda when it came up you also played zelda 2 and then link to the past very close to when they they first came out is that right yeah yeah um i had this weird thing back then i i really liked awkward sequels for some reason zelda 2 was one of my favorites back then castlevania 2 for some reason was one of my favorites you know just games that were sequels that departed greatly from the original like i had a thing for any other thoughts on uh 
Link to the Past? I actually didn't play it when it first came out. I did not play it until it got re-released on the Game Boy Advance. That was the first time I had played it. Um, But I mean, I loved it. Like I I knew what I was getting into. I knew it was this highly revered game, but I just had never played it. And but I I really, really enjoyed it on the Game Boy Advance. Have you ever played it on a on a TV screen? I believe I did play it again on the Super Nintendo. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Link to the Past is probably one of my favorite games, too. And like I said, I played it back in junior high, back in like 97, I think. And then I never beat it then. But like I said, like on the Switch, probably four years ago is when I played it with save states, which was nice. And then uh, I beat it. And it was still like, I mean, it still holds up. I mean, those games like that, like those still hold up, I think, to today. Oh, that air. Yeah. I mean, the sprite based yeah. graphics, beautiful looking like, yeah, timeless. It really is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's always crazy how some games, you know, like, especially those, like they, they hold up. I mean, they're 30 years old and they're just as fun as they are, you know, today as they were back then. And then there's other shit games that came up back then. And it's like, I wouldn't touch that game. Not for a second, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the generation after that, N64 and PlayStation, those are some of the hardest games to go back to. Um, and kind of with that Ocarina of Time, when they re-released that on the 3DS, I played it again. And I think that's the the definitive version. Uh, I mean, it's on a small screen, which has its limitations, but it they revamped the graphics. It's not just a direct port. And they did make some quality of life improvements mainly the water temple is easier to navigate so it's not as frustrating and yeah that's a great version to play i never did play majora's mask that got the same 3ds remake but i I would like to go and replay that on that system yeah i never did beat majora's mask that i think that was the zelda game that kind of got me off of zelda to be honest with you um I think it was the first not it wasn't even the first time like it was I was in one of the dungeons like for the second or third time and the time was running out and I'd already done whatever the fuck you were supposed to do to extend the time and I still wasn't done exploring the dungeon and then I ran out of time and the day reset or whatever and I was like fuck this game that is one where I got moose I I think I traded moose chrono trigger for his N64 and like all of his games or something. It was like a really a pretty, pretty nice trade. Um, but he gave me Majora's Mask and he'd had the strategy guide for it. And I had never played Majora's Mask, but Moose had mentioned how difficult it was. So that's the only Zelda game. I used a strategy guide 100% of that game, like literally like, like <laughs> flipping page by page as I played the game, which I normally don't do that with games. But so I, I had a pretty easy time with Majora's Mask just because I essentially cheated the entire way to know exactly what to do. But it was fun. And, and it's been so long that I think if I revisited it again on the 3DS, I probably forgot what to do and I, I would have a, a fresh experience. I, I remember playing that game and I remember like, I couldn't get past like the the intro because like it would just reset every time and I didn't know what the heck was going on. So I ended up like give, <laughs> giving up and I didn't know we had the strategy guide. I'm going to go yell at Moose after this. Yeah, Mo- Moose holding on. <laughs> go yell at him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anybody else want to throw out any other uh, Zelda games that uh, you have particular fondness for? Or at this point, anybody want to throw out any Zelda games that they absolutely did not care for? I just want to give a shout out to Link Between Worlds on the 3DS. It's 
It's like the one that nobody played because it came out like after the Switch was like starting to phase out the 3DS. Like I don't know why they hold, held out for it so long, but it's, I think I might like it better than Link to the Past. It's kind of like a remix of that game. With like a couple different mechanics in it, but if you ever find some way to play 3DS games nowadays, I would really recommend playing that one. It might be my favorite old school one. I have that game. I don't know if I have it open or not, but I'll give it a try. It's really good. the The only thing that with that game, it it kind of did what Breath of the Wild does is you can go anywhere and do anything because you get all the abilities you need. I think pretty much up front. And I remember it was the first or no, it was the second dungeon I played. And I was like, damn, this dungeon was was pretty difficult. Like this game might be challenging. And if I was going like, you know, quote unquote, in order of what you're supposed to, that was the last dungeon of the game. So literally every other dungeon I played was easier than that one. So I was like, well, I kind of completely went against like the suggested playthrough, which I don't remember it guiding. Usually I'll, I'll go where the game wants me to go. Um, because I assume they kind of have my best interests in mind. But for that one, yeah, I just I strayed off the path and did the hardest dungeon first. You probably just beat everything in the same order you did in Link to the Past, and that's probably the easiest way to get through it. Yeah, I think it had been so long that I'd just kind of forgotten what that what that path even was. Yeah. But it's a great game. It is it is a great game for sure. I will throw out my my least favorite Zelda game would be Phantom Hourglass for the for the um the DS. I, and it wasn't even that the touchscreen controls weren't that good, which I don't love when they kind of shoehorned that in, but I thought it did have its uses. But there was this dungeon that you had to go in over and over again. And like the first time you play it, you can only access like a few floors. And then you beat another standard dungeon. And then you go back to this other like main dungeon and you do a, a few more floors. You have to revisit this main dungeon like over and over again. And it just felt like I was like very redundant just doing things over and over i did not care for that yeah, actually i beat that one twice and i also didn't really care for it that much but it's just kind of a kill time game there's just so much to find on like the ocean map and stuff so yeah, i don't know what to think about that one but i did beat it like two or three times so and it's that's not to say it's even a bad game yeah. but I, I would say in the whole zelda franchise that would be my my lowest one the phantom hourglass was on uh uh the Wii U Virtual Console, right? Also, probably, yeah, probably. I'm curious how it controlled on there compared to, uh, you know, the DS. Yeah, I don't. You know, I never played a DS game on the Wii U, so I don't know how that worked with the whole dual screen mechanic. Like, I assume it was split on your TV screen, and then you would use the touch screen somehow. I, I don't really know. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how that plays as well. All right, anybody else have any closing thoughts? I have one closing thought on Tears of the Kingdom. In five years or six years, whenever we get the next Zelda game, I mentioned this in chat. They need to uh, have co-op adventure in that game. That game, that world is is ripe with opportunities with the building mechanic and then playing with like three or four other people. I mean, just the idea of it is getting me hard. <laughs> <laughs> You know, whatever they have a Super Switch or whatever, that it, it would be such a good idea. And Nintendo's going to do their shit. They're going to do all their weird shit that they're going to do, and they're never going to make anybody happy, but they'll give us something cool anyways. But I hope that they do, like, you know, Tears of the Kingdom 2 co-op or some shit. It would be, yeah. I mean, it would be a mate, like, and it wouldn't even have to be necessarily, like, 
like I could see it being fun where like, okay, you and me are like, we're playing close together and then we are um, like fighting raids of enemies and things like that. It would just be fun. Like if you were off doing your thing and I was off doing my thing and we're on separate parts of the map and then you're like, oh shit, I found something cool warp to me. And then I warp to you and then you show me like an entrance to a cave and then I do that. And then I just go off on my own way again. Like that would be a lot of fun, I think. So yeah, you're right. There's definitely a lot of opportunities there that would make a great multiplayer experience. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode, looking at the Legend of Zelda franchise with a bit of focus on Tears of the Kingdom. Muff, do you want to let people know where they can find us on social media? I used to look forward to Fridays coming home from school because on Fridays, instead of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, they'd put Zelda. And that was something I always looked forward to to see my future looking at a piece of shit you can find us at Beat of the Month on any social media platform like us subscribe us, I don't give a fuck but this bitch Brian do, so send his ass an email at beatofthemonth at gmail.com buy our shit we got some fresh gear beatofthemonth.com, look at the very top red banner, click that thing Brian, good job, Muff. Yes, beat of the month. Bitch, I, Brian. Yes. Have you, what? Have you have you bought any? I have I have not yet. No, but I was. Look at Muff was, supporting the whole group. My back hurts. I, I was admiring all of the purchases <laughs> you made. So I uh, yeah I, I will peruse our shop and uh, yeah I, I think I might go for the the red style slip on sandals. Those look pretty cool. <laughs> this has been Beat of the Month Podcast. If you have any thoughts on Zelda or Tears of the Kingdom, let us know. Hit us up on social media. Hit us up at beatofthemonth at gmail.com. Send us an episode suggestion. We're always looking for new themes and ideas for episodes. Otherwise, we will see you next episode when we're taking a look at rhythm games. Rhythm games. But until then, this has been Beat of the Month Podcast, and we will catch you next time. Peace out, y'all. See you later. Yo.